welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. So, but the message I want to talk about today, I call it free to love. I would say free to love. It's another kind of fear that I want to deal with. Not the fear of death this time around, but the fear that sabotages our lives, that stops us from loving. Um, The fear that stops us from truly loving. So this message is more like an operation. It's like, (laughs) you know. Digging deep, you know, it might be a bit uncomfortable, amen, you know, but, you know, I think we need to talk about it, you know, it's part of the digging deep that has been happening to me, so I'm preaching to you what I am also going through. So the passage is 1 John 4, 18 to 19, in the message translation, 1 John chapter 4, from verse 18 to 19, freedom to love, it says there's no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear, since fear is crippling. A fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, is one not yet fully formed in love. We, though, are going to love. Love and be loved. For we were loved. Now we love. He loved us first. Now, that's a very powerful passage. It takes some time to meditate. I've been meditating on this passage uh, for some time. He loved us first. You know, let me just start with the last word, first. Everybody say first. Listen, if you are going to be able to love other people and express this love, the first thing is that you have to learn to be loved. You have to learn to what? To be loved. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, you first of all being loved by other people, right? You first of all have to, be, to learn to be loved by God and then to love yourself. To love yourself. To love yourself. In other words, love is supposed to be <clears throat> an overflow. Loving others is supposed to be an overflow of the love that we have already experienced. You're not supposed to be loving others from an empty love tank. In fact, if you have an empty love tank that you yourself, you don't feel loved, you're not loved. if you have an empty love tank, you will not be able to love other people. In fact, you will think that you are loving, but rather you are not truly loving. So the goal of this is to help us fill our love tank, to fill it up. And the Bible is telling us in this place that the more filled we are with his love, the less fear we have. The less fear we have. The less filled we have of, the more fear that we have. 
Amen. Fear. Our fears are places in our lives where God's love has not penetrated. The fears that we have are places in our lives where God's love has not shined upon, has not penetrated. Those are the fears. Those are the things that we are afraid of, where the love of God has not penetrated. There are areas where we are wounded and we're crying for love. There are areas where we are wounded and we're crying. For what? For love. Why is it that many people, I mean, relationships are some of the hardest things. Why is it that if you just take, you know, a sample or whatever, a lot of people are not really enjoying relationships, no matter what kind of relationships. Because those relationships, they, they shine some light. They bring some things out of us that link up to our fears that we have not dealt with. Are you, are you guys following me? Relationships bring out the fears that we have not dealt with. And unfortunately, the people that experience the... <laughs> The, how do I say, the outcome of that fear are not the people who caused the fear in the first place. <laughs> you know, that was the people that we take it out on. <laughs> Usually our spouses, our children, our friends, and all that. They are not the ones who caused it in the first place. They are unhealed Things that came in long before you met them, but which you have internalized. We have internalized those things. So when somebody says something or does something, it creates a trigger. Once that thing is triggered, We get into a new level. What did you say? What did you say? <laughs> did they hear you right? <laughs> you know what happened? What you said is similar to what the mom used to say, or what the dad used to say. But then the husband or the wife made a mistake to say this, of saying the same thing. And then everything just opens up. See, my mom told me that I was not good enough when I messed up at the supermarket. And she was very angry. And she said, what kind of a child are you? Don't you have any sense? Or don't you have any dignity? And because I was very young, and I believed in the authority of my mom or my dad. These are the people that raised me up. So if they say something, it must be true. So I believe it that it is true. And so for the rest of my life, I believe that. And then you, that I love, you are now saying the same thing. 
then the troubles will start. If you're not careful, I mean, if you go and check, check the divorce court, or maybe you're not able to go to divorce court, just watch uh, Judge Judy. We see a lot of people who are expressing fear. Like, when there's no maturity in love, the only thing you're going to be expressing is fear. You're going to express fear. Somebody gets into your life, a new relationship, you can quench, you can choke that relationship with fear. Oh, you said you love me. You said you love me. For the past three weeks, you have not even called me once. You have not called me once. And you are telling me that you love me. What kind of love is that? Oh, I'm sorry. Now, you didn't know what happened in those two weeks. You understand? In the three weeks, the person that did not call you was having issues at work, trying to resolve a lot of things at work, trying to do different things, and then maybe he fell down, maybe he had some illness or whatever, or something, or something was happening in his life. And that's why I didn't call you. But your interpretation, because your dad never called you when you were young. You can be in the same house, and he didn't talk to you for a long time. And it has created something inside of you for a need to be called. So once that person does that, it reminds you again of that. So it triggers that unconscious thing. And then before you know it in that relationship, the person says, ah, this one is too hard. This is just too hard. I, I don't think I can handle it. It's, you know, you know there are some relationships. I was sharing it with anchor people. I said, I said, when I get into a relationship, I said there are some relationships that usually I get into a relationship like a child. You know, like, like a little child. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you know me, I'm like that. When you, when you move forward, then there are some that I just categorize it. I say, this is work. <laughs> like, this is the real work. This is fun. This one is what? Work. Usually, the one that I categorize as work, you understand? They are the demanding ones. What I mean by demanding? The ones that demand. The ones that say, why don't you? Did something fall? The ones that say, why don't you do this? Why have you done that? What is going on with this? You know, you didn't call me for this. Okay, so I said, okay, that's fine. I'm going to have to call this person, but I have to make it work. So this is work. Some relationships are work. Some relationship you work, right? But it is fun. Because the people in the relationship are matured enough to understand that the world does not revolve around them. Now, if you are here and you feel neglected, and then I told you, you know, loneliness is not whatever, but if that thing is crushing you, I'm telling you, don't point a finger at anybody else. You are dealing with something that has been there for a long time. You are dealing with the result of something that has happened a long time ago. And the best way to go is to resolve it because you are going to become a burden to other people, even those who truly love you if you don't resolve it. Because you are, trying to resolve, you are trying to solve something in a way that it's not supposed to be solved. Everybody say, perfect love cast out fear. Cast out fear. Amen. So fear, so I mean, we don't want 
relationship where we are tiptoeing. How many of you like tiptoeing relationship? Uh, so, what if I, you know, it's like, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, as a pastor, I've dealt with all kinds of stuff. I'm a person, I've dealt with all kinds of stuff that. Okay, so, so for myself, so this morning I told myself, so um, we're getting into the, we're going into the, we're going to church. And then I wanted to get early to church, you know, so I came very early to church. And so I told, um, I was coming with Jesse and, so with Joshua and, and Pearl, because Josh, Jesse is at a game. My wife had taken him to a game uh, that is playing. So I, so I just said, okay, everybody, come on, let's go into the car. I want to get to church early today. Get in the car and everything. Joshua says, Daddy, I want to eat. Daddy, I'm hungry. Okay, I want to eat. So I'm like, if you want to eat, people who want to eat, they wake up early. If you are, if you know you are hungry, a part of the plan for going to church is eating. Then wake up early, put it as part of your plan. Why did I have to have to come and wake you up? <laughs> so I came to wake you up, and then I'm about to leave. I have been awake for a long time, and I'm about to leave, and then you are telling me you want to eat now. Why did you factor it into your plan? When you want to go and play soccer, you wake up early. <laughs> So I was doing all that. You know, so you feel like you are, you know. And then, so if you went to get some food and whatever, put it in the Ziploc bag, you know, like, you know, some, uh, what is cereal and whatever, and put milk in the cereal. I said, are you going to eat that in my car? <laughs> that car is a Mercedes. I'm just <laughs> You want to mess it up? <laughs> so while I was doing all that, I was doing all that, the Spirit of God is inside of you. I said, okay, see now, you are going to preach about love now. <laughs> so he tells me, he says, so now which one is more important, the child that is hungry or the clean car? Is it the ugly child or the clean car? <laughs> ah, like, wow, you know what I just I just put the car above my <laughs> Pastor, preacher of love. <laughs> I put the car above my son. So I rep- I didn't tell him, but I repented inside. And I allowed him to bring it into the to bring it into the car. You know, I went there and he was eating it, you know, and all that. And he, in fact, he spilled it. He said, now he says that, I don't spill, daddy. Don't worry, I don't spill. <laughs> Two minutes after I said, I don't spill, he spilled. <laughs> <laughs> he spilled all over the floor. So that took some of my time again <laughs> because he had to clean up. I said, okay, you don't spill. Now you, <laughs> you just spilled. So but I said, okay, no, whether he spills or not, I will wash the car. You know, that was, I said, I watched the car. But, you know, it pointed to something inside of me. Inside of me. It wasn't his problem. It was my problem. It was my problem. What I was doing to him, you understand, I was trying to, I was trying to heal something inside myself. 
Because my coming early, my doing, you know, what I wanted to come and do, the car being clean and all that, did something to, did something to something that was crying out inside of me. And so in trying to meet that need, I disregard other people. And then I call them the problem. And that's, God was just telling you, that's, you are the example for your message. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what, you know, we do. There's a fear. There's a fear. So many, many people just live in that fear. So he says fear, look at it in, you know, manifestations of fear. He said fear is crippling. Fear is crippling. Fear is crippling. Fear cripples you. It's a mechanism for avoiding. It manifests unconsciously. All our suffering and all our self-sabotaging behavior are the result of hidden core issues from our past. These issues are created by the automatic subconscious avoidance of the specific hurt. When these issues get triggered, they produce a state of fear and upset that destroys love and forces us to act in ways that sabotages our life. Any area of our life that doesn't work can be traced to this hurt. Freedom comes only by ridding ourselves of fear through God's love. Finding and healing this hurt is one of the most important things that we can ever do. Amen. Do you know that the reason, when you talk about debt, financial debt, do you know that the best, like, the best thing about debt is because of fear? In other words, when you want, to, you want to be free from debt, you have to deal with the fear. Why did you go and get something that you could not pay for? Let's give an example. Well, give me an example of something that you can buy that you didn't pay for. A car. So, so you, go, you buy the car, and you, know, you don't have the money for it now. So what motivated you to go and buy it? Number one, I mean, to go and get the debt to buy. I'm not saying that is wrong. It's not wrong. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm just saying that you need to understand. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, when you went to the lot or you wanted to buy the car, or, or when you were deciding to buy the car, right, the first fear that was there is that if I don't get this car, now, I might not be able to get a car, right? And then, if I don't get a car, I might not be able to get to, to work or to get to places I want to go. And if I don't get to work, I might what? And if I lose my job, I can't pay the bills. And if I can't pay the bills, what? What? I'll be homeless. And if I am homeless, I'll be the person my dad or my mom or my friends at school when I was young used to say, you are not going to make it. <laughs> no, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, because all those things have layers, you understand? You, are, you know, you have to, I say we have to be real. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like they, they would tell me, ah, all my friends, I see them on Instagram. I see them on Facebook. I see you know, what they do and whatever. If I don't go do this and whatever, I will get to that point where I actually confirm the fear that I have. 
And the fear that I have is that I don't measure up. Because from when I was young, they told me that I do not measure up. Especially if you go and buy the one that you cannot pay for. And the one that is very gigantic. <laughs> because what you want to confirm to people that what you said about me, hmm, you know, the way you preach it, you know, what you said about me is not true. You told me that I could never make it, but I want to show you right now I have made it. But inside of you, you know you have not made it. <laughs> fear. A lot of things are driven by fear. Now, how many of you go through Instagram, and when, before you went on Instagram, you were very happy, but, but especially on Valentine's Day. Now, listen, it's not only singles that go through emotional trouble on Valentine's Day. I know, you know, you, you know. <laughs> That's why I always try to encourage singles on Valentine's Day. I try, you know, like, let me not post my, you know, I don't want to, you know, you know, like, I just want to encourage people. <laughs> Because I know people feel really, really lonely on that day. Now, it's not only single, even married people, when they see the way the other couple is smiling. <laughs> you, know, people, you know, people post all kinds of with flowers, with this, you know. So, and then you and your spouse just finished fighting. <laughs> and then you go on Valentine. And then you see everybody smiling, looking so good, and whatever. And then the fear, the thought comes. You see, you don't measure up. See them, they are very happy. You, you are very unhappy. And then you want to prove that you are good. So you too, you go say, "Wow, you call your spider. Let's take, we have to take a picture." <laughs> okay, you are not smiling, no. Making white. Then before you know, you fight over the picture. Eventually, the person will smile. And then you put it on Facebook. Then somebody else who sees both of you smiling will start doubting their own life. <laughs> oh, man, there's a lot of fakes. As pastors, you know, as a pastor, you know, as a pastor over the years, you know, you, you know about, you know, people are, you know, just, ah, man. It's good to do those things. I'm not saying it's bad. It's good to express love openly. I do it and everything. But we need to be real. Everybody say we need to be real. Marriage is tough, man. <laughs> Pastor boy is like, <laughs> preach this thing. Marriage is not what you see on Instagram. Or what Facebook. Marriage is this thing. I'm talking about rubbing with one, <laughs> rubbing with each other on the same bed. Every day <laughs> and every night and living together. Listen, if you see people who have lived together for two years, clap for them. <laughs> and they have not killed themselves. <laughs> you need to, you need to, you need to hold, am I right? Can I get a witness from the married folks? If I, I tell people, I, you know, I say something to people, people that are going through troubles in marriage and all that, I say, you know what, the fact that, despite you are, the fact that you are going through trouble, the fact that you are still going, to, you are still together. You are still <laughs> say kudos to you. No, no, kudos to you. That's a big achievement. Uh-uh. You could have killed the other person, you know. 
You, that means you still have a measure of character. <laughs> no, that's the fact. In fact, one of the, one of the things about marriage is that one of the things that God is to stick despite the trouble. That's what some people understand. They are, he, said, he said that the reason for marriage is so that we can show the relationship between Christ and the church. Do you know how many times we have frustrated Jesus? But he still sticks to us. He still says, I'm going to marry you. Oh, you go, you know, you, you, know, you, 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 you do some terrible things, you know, with, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, some, you know, some, you know, he tells you not to do it, you go do it, but he said, I'm still going to be committed to you. I'm still going to marry you. I'm still going to stick to you. So one of the ways we show what, ma- what marriage means is by sticking to one another. You might be fighting each other in the house. You might be not be talking to each other. We'll deal with that one later, but stay together. Amen? Stay together. Stay together. Stay together. Stay together. Every problem can be resolved. There is no unreconcilable differences. The only problem is if the person is beating you and is about to kill you. That one is not Jesus' marriage. That one needs to be broken. Amen? Amen. But what I'm saying is that if you are going through trouble in marriage, don't think the fact that you are going through trouble in your marriage, don't don't think that it it makes you special. That means it makes you married. (laughs) Did you get what I'm saying? It makes you married. My wife and I have been together for 25 years. No, listen, no, before you clap. (laughs) It's moment of truth. (laughs) We've been together for 25 years. There are still some things that we don't see eye to eye. There are times that I will turn my back on the bed like this. She'll turn her back like this. Yes. Everybody who is married in this world no matter what they are saying, that's what is going on. But what makes the difference is the ability to reconcile. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay, 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 okay. Okay. I don't agree with you, but just for peace. <laughs> there are times that you know, we're about to leave and say, you go in your car. And I'm like, go in your car. We'll meet. We'll get to church. We'll get to meet. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is real. Can I get a witness in the house? Am I the only one? Yes. Uh-uh. <laughs> I mean, that my, my wife and I will want to pray. <laughs> I will pray. You know, what to pray. Now, I'm the long prayer guy. She's like, cut it short. Quick, quick. <laughs> She's like, quick, 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 quick. What are we praying about? This and this and that. I'm like, okay. So we, uh, one time, so we're, we're praying to just say, okay. When is this going to end? <laughs> when, I'm like, we're even talking about prayer. In prayer, we're talking about <laughs> Spiritual. It's prayer we're talking about. You're talking about when it's supposed to be short. We're supposed to make it long. We have no prayer. We've dealt with all that, all those. Everything. Who's going to cook? Who's not going to cook? Who's going to eat? Who's not going to eat? Turn off the fan. Turn on the light. Turn shut off. I like the fan. She doesn't like the fan. I like the light. She doesn't like the light. (laughs) 
on, guys. So <laughs> Nobody told you it was going to be easy. But you know what? 25 years later, we're still standing. And we're still loving. We're still growing. We're still learning. But we are not perfect. We have never been perfect. We are falling short. But we always rise up again. We always say, you know what, let's correct this one. And in doing that, we become better spiritually. Marriage is supposed to make you holy. Not necessarily to make you happy. If it makes you holy, then you'll be happy. But if you are looking for happiness in marriage, you are not going to find it. You've got to find happiness in God. You've got to find joy in God. You've got to find yourself first. You've got to deal with your fears. I tell people, they say, but you know, tell me about marriage. I said, are you ready to get married? You know, I do, I do <laughs> number seven of the counseling session. So they do six. And then they will come to me for the final one. Are you ready to get married? Are you ready to die? <laughs> so are you ready to die? Are you ready? Because when you get married, one of the ways to succeed in marriage is to die. I'm not talking about physical death. I'm talking about death to your space. Because that space is about to be invaded. <laughs> and listen, the person that is going to invade it is an alien from another world. Alien from what? From another background, from another place. And the person in being is like, ah, mass attack, mass attack, mass attack. UFO. That is reality, right, baby? That's the reality. But the beauty of marriage is the ability within all those complexities. You get it? And the expression of this fear and all this, you know, all those work is the ability to grow through it and to begin to discover yourself more and more through it. So don't let anybody lie at you. Don't let, so don't let anybody lie to you. There is no happy marriage without Walk without commitment, without the travail. There's no happy marriage without the travail. Okay? So those who are real, they will tell you that. So single people, I tell you, and married people, don't feel bad because you are going through some stuff. We've been there. We bought the t-shirt. Everyone. We have, we have. We have gone through it. Amen. But if you stay there, it gets, you know, it will get, it's not that things, no, not necessarily, I'm not saying that you won't have the challenges anymore, but you just, you are mature enough to just see them. They are not challenges. Because the things that you are fighting about, they are very simple. You are fighting over the fears that you have not dealt with individually. That's what you are fighting over. Perfect love casts out fear. You still have not accepted God's love for you. You are still trying to get it from somebody else. Amen. So let me, let me round up by talking about uh, how do we deal with, how do we, free to love, you know, number three, free to love. Free to love. So, if we're going to be able to love, we have to be free. We have to be free. There's nothing, I mean, there's no scripture for me that expresses this more powerfully than Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. I like the message. Matthew 18, verse 3. It's under returning to childlikeness. Matthew 18, verse 3. It says, 
For an answer, Jesus called over a child whom he stood in the middle of the room and said, I'm telling you once and for all that unless you return to square one and start over like children, you are not even going to get a look at the kingdom. Let alone get in. Whoever becomes simple and elemental again, like this child, will rank high in God's kingdom. So listen, let me tell you what happened to you. When you were a child, the way you saw the world, those of you that have children, the way children see the world, different from the way adults see the world, children are fun. Children are looking for fun. Children believe. You know, I wrote something down. Children believe. <laughs> like, that's the way you were. You were, this, you, were this, you were this jumping, excited, <laughs> little child, just exploring the world. You see all those kids downstairs? They were just running over. I was watching them at Sweetheart yesterday. They're just having fun. Da, 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 da. You know, so they will continue like that until someone tells them that that's not the way the world is supposed to be. And usually it's their parents who tell them. Children come into this world with little resistance to the flow of the kingdom of God. You know, see, when it comes to the kingdom of God, everybody look at me. I'm, I'm talking about your marriage. I'm talking about every aspect of life. When it comes to the kingdom of God, it is always flowing. It contains everything that you need for life. Everything in this world, the plants, they are enjoying it. That's why they grow when you put it there. The sun, the, the earth is rotating. All those things are happening because of the kingdom, because of God's power in operation. The only set of people who don't experience it as they should, are human beings. Why? Because only human beings have a will. And will means you can resist it. The kingdom of God is like going downhill, like river flowing downhill. You get what I'm saying? No, pay attention to me. This is important. The kingdom of God is like river flowing downhill. Like when you are going downhill, it's like there's joy. There's all that. But we have been taught While the child is running around, sit down, sit down. All your mates are reading their books. You think, you think, you, you, you think, you think money, money grew on trees? If you want to succeed in this world, you cannot just be playing, you know, doing all that. You need to sit down. You need to be serious about your life. You know, all this talking and, you know, you know, you don't need to come. Down. We think we're doing them some good. As if the one that made them did not put inside of them what they needed. What they need to succeed is that exuberant. What they need to succeed is that belief that there is no limitation. They will learn things along the way, but when we introduce resistance to them as authority figures, then what happens? The flow of the kingdom begins to stop. So by the time they are like 9, 10, 11, 12, they will start giving us back what we have been giving them. What the world has trained them to be. Like, oh, this world is... There some go through it worse than others. There are some who, because of what they have gone through, they were just like any other child, happy. Everybody, but now they have guns and they are killing people all over the place in Chicago because of what the world has introduced.
because of the world has introduced into them. So, as parents, we need to be careful, you know, what we teach. You need to encourage your children. You need to encourage their energy, right? Why you give them wisdom. Do you get what I'm saying? Don't push them down. Don't push them down. Don't tell them, you know, you can't. You know, you can't do that. You know, they say, you know, kids, they say, babies, if you start teaching them how to swim, when they are babies, they know how to swim. Because they've been swimming inside the womb anyways. But if you stop, if you stop them, and then you introduce fear, for them to learn to swim again, it's going to be some work. But if you just allow them to do it. So this is where I am going, guys. This is where I'm You need to return to little you. Tell your neighbor, return to little you. You know, some of us need to, I know I had to do this one time. So, you know, it's a very, very liberating, a very liberating um, experience. It was a very liberating experience for me. So I imagine my little child, my little self. You know, my little self, I imagine. And I know, I know how it looks, you know, because I was, I was, I was the one. <laughs> I know how it looks. So I imagine. And then my big self. Now, I now imagine my big self talking to my little self. And I said, hey, little Larry, what's up? Okay. I just want to apologize to you because I have allowed you to lose yourself. I want to say sorry because I took life to have. In doing that, I killed some of your expressions. I allowed what people told me to make me believe that you were not good enough. I allowed that. I allowed, I allowed, you know, I had some experiences, you know, Sam. I mean, my mom is, my parents were very, they, they, they did their best, they were very good. But just like any parent, just like we are too, we're not perfect, right? There are certain things that was meant for good. I'll give you an example. God bless my dad. Um, I always honor him. There was something he did that helped me a lot. But at the same time, also introduced a, a complex. So when I was very young, when we were going to, when my sister, my elder sister was going to school, so my elder sister always came first in the, pos you know, they used to do positioning. So she always came back home first, like first in class, it was the best. So one day, my dad will reward that. So he will reward that with what, with this thing, tea biscuits is what happened, is, tea biscuits. So one day, my sister came first, and she got the tea biscuit, a whole big one. And here was a younger boy. I was not yet in school. I was looking at her as she was eating the biscuit. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Then my dad told me something, which really helped me. He said, if you two want to have that biscuit, when you get to school, make sure you are first. You know what I said as a little child? I said, I will never be second. I told myself, say, I will never be second. So by the time I got to school, I was always the first. But later when I grew up, I now discovered that that I will never be second, I transferred it into other areas of life. That I became achievement 
oriented rather than relationship oriented. So if somebody comes at me, right, with an argument or something, then come with an argument to me or whatever, that thing I will never be second. I will say, no, you are right. You are the one that is right because you must never be second. It was later when I was, you know, praying and all that, I got, God took me back to that and said, you know, your dad meant for good and he did all that. That thing, you need to tweak it a little bit so that you can be healthy. I had to do that. And I see myself doing the same thing for my kids right now. I'm like, after I've said that, I said, ah, man, what am I, what did I just say to this guy? Am I going to make this guy now, you know, create a hole inside of him? So I have to come back and apologize and say, no way. All right. Everybody say after me. Say, I need to identify the root issue. How to be free to love. Identify the root issue. What is that thing that triggers you? What is that thing that triggers you? Triggers you that whenever somebody talks about it, they go, ah, ah, don't, 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 don't ever go that way. Don't, don't, don't. What is that thing hiding? Don't talk to me that way. Do you know who I am? When people talk that way, what is happening? There is a feeling of not being enough. So somebody is confronting that in, in, in you. What about people who just, you want to serve everybody? Like you, they, you know, I'm saying, I'm, I'm just being real with you guys. You understand? You serve, right? Service is good, right? But sometimes you are serving because you are afraid. Because you want people to love you. So you, you know, see, 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 I just carried your, you see, I just carried your book, oh. <laughs> I just, eh? and the, the other guy does not even pay attention to you. Remember, I carried it for you. Eh? You see, I, I, you know, see, oh, I'm the only one, you know, right now, I'm carrying, you know, I'm the one doing, you know, carrying the chair in the church. Oh. I don't want the glory for it. I want God to have the glory, but just say I'm the one. What are you seeking for? You want affirmation. You want people to say, ha, ah, you carried it. You are such a wonderful person. So sacrificial, so loving, so caring. Without you, this church will not even exist. <laughs> oh, what a great guy you are. But if you don't hear it, uh, that church is not loving at all. You see, I'm, I'm telling you, this is real. When you learn to love yourself, it does, when people show appreciation to you, when they show appreciation to you, you will receive it with the right spirit. But when you don't love yourself, when, when, you, when you don't learn this thing to begin to love yourself, you will be seeking it. So when you don't get it, it becomes a problem. You know what I say to people when they tell, tell me, you know, I say, thank you so much for appreciating me. But even if you do not appreciate me, sometimes I say it in, in myself, sometimes I actually write it. I still love and admire myself. I still love and what? And I admire myself. Everybody says to me, say, I love and admire myself. Let me, let me round up with that. So the key, becoming a child, again, is after you identify the root issue, 
the main key is this. Learn to love yourself. Then I must say, learn to love yourself. So how do we do it? You see, our love is going to grow when we learn to love ourselves. How do you do it? Do things like what I'm just telling you about right now, what I just told you about right now. Tell yourself often. Tell yourself often. Talk to your inner, your, your little child inside of you and say, I love you. I admire you. Believe in you. Either you're standing in front of the mirror, you are enough. It's okay. It doesn't matter what you've been told. It doesn't matter what, you know, you are okay. You are good. You are, more, you are enough. You don't need anybody to love you for you to love, for you to love yourself. You are already loved by God. You are already important. You are already good. You get what I'm saying? You talk to yourself. And then say things like that. Especially those of you that are dealing with guilt because you made certain mistakes in the past. I've made plenty of mistakes. But listen, I reconcile with my mistakes. How do I reconcile with my mistakes? I will face them. And I will tell that mistake, yeah, in the overall grand scheme of things, judgment, I've done some bad things. But listen, I did what I knew then. I was sincere. Even though I did that, but look at the whole of my life. I think I did some good stuff. Everybody, we have not made a mistake in this world. Everybody has made mistakes. So you know what? I reconcile with that mistake. It's okay. I'm growing. I'm still going to make mistakes again, but I'm going to keep on growing. And when I see the mistakes I've made right now, I'll look back and I'll correct them. I'll correct my mistakes, but I'm not going to let the mistakes that I've made hold me down. No matter how terrible that mistake has been, talk to that mistake, reconcile with it and say, you know what? That was what I knew then. That was what I knew then. And that's what I did. I know better right now, but I'm not going to kill myself because of this mistake. I'm going to be free. I'm going to be childlike. Amen. Admire myself. Do you get what I'm saying? Put it down. Put it up. I still love and admire myself. I'm still fine. I'm still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God still loves me. God still believes in me. Amen. Yeah, I, I messed up, but I'm cool. I'm still growing. Amen. I'm a work in construction. Amen. Tell yourself that. Reconcile with it. Do you get what I'm saying? Reconcile with your past. Reconcile with your past. Remove all resentment. Do you get what I'm saying? For yourself and for others. And be free. Be free. Become a child again. Let your dreams bubble up to the surface again. Release yourself again. Don't let people determine your, you know, like how you are supposed to be. Don't shout too much. Don't do whatever. Be yourself. Hallelujah. Did somebody get helped today? Did you receive anything today? Come on, why don't you rise up on your feet at this moment right now? So rise up on our feet and I want you to just, you know, talk to the Lord. I, I, my desire before I came here today that today will be a time, it's a time of freedom, you know, for people to begin to believe in themselves again. Put your, put your hand to your chest, everyone. Put your hand to your chest. I want to do to your chest like this. There's, there's something about touching yourself. You know, like that. Everybody say after me. I mean, do this to yourself. Do this. Say hi. Larry. I'm okay. Say it again. Say I'm okay. I'm not the most perfect person in the world. I'm not perfect. But I am loved. I have made mistakes. But those mistakes, they are not me. I'm on a journey. I'm getting better. Little Larry, listen to me. You need to hide anymore. I believe in you. You were right. Your excitement, your hope, 
your believing people. That's my pen. Was the one that introduced resistance. Today, I remove the resistance. I will be free to love and to be loved. God loves me. God loves me. I'm valuable in God's eyes. And that love that I have received from God, I'm going to share it with other people. I love you. Tell yourself, say, I love you. I admire you. Say, 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 I admire you. You're good. You're a good man. You're a good guy. You're a good guy. Doesn't matter what you have heard. Good guy. You don't need anybody to tell you that. I'm telling you that. You're a good guy. You are a great guy. You are a great guy. And I celebrate you. I celebrate you. You have a destiny. You are going somewhere. In fact, all your experiences, they are adding up to something. They are becoming a ministry. So release your joy again. Be yourself again. Love again. Laugh again. Dance again. Rejoice again. For God loves you. Come on, rejoice and celebrate God. Thanks for listening to the Globe Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.